Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. So I was fully chosen to carry the ring and I was elated and it felt amazing, right? And then the power, the responsibility, it starts to weigh on you. The negative side of things starting to come out and starting to feel like my confidence was shot. My best friend Vicky is getting married. Is that sense of like peace and feel right. Last episode, we talked about that sense of peace and everything feeling right. She got all the important things, address, date, location, and save the dates are out. But after the flurry of first month activities, things started to change in unanticipated ways. Some changes were good and welcome, some disorienting. Today, we're going to talk about both. I didn't predict that my relationship would feel different. Yes, her relationship started changing. Now, to understand this, you have to know a bit more about Vicky and Patrick's history. At the beginning, they met on Plenty of Fish. Plenty of Fish. That's embarrassing, though, so I tell people that. Patrick messaged Vicky the first night she was on the app. He was not swarmy. He wasn't like, hey, girl, hey, what's up with that bouquet, you know? And wanted to get to know her. They immediately fell in love. No joke. Patrick even bought Vicky an engagement ring two months into dating. And within four months, they were living together. I was trying to talk him into let's just get married. We joked about it a lot. Right. And the only reason I moved in with him was because he had the ring. I don't know exactly why Vicky didn't get that ring for four years. Perhaps Patrick had a reality check that two months of dating is too soon to propose to someone. And there are all the adjustments that come with moving in with somebody. And then, after that first year of settling in together, the pandemic hit. They were stuck at home all the time. Layoffs happened, new jobs happened, several illnesses, depression, anxiety, and of course, some fun, socially distant vacations and moments alone. But I needed to tell you all that because when Vicky shares more about her relationship and mindset, you need to know that she's known she wants to marry this man for four whole long years. I was excited for, you know, for us to get engaged, but I didn't know, like, how much more comfortable and secure I would feel in our relationship. When he finally asked me to marry him, it was like, I just felt such relief, and I felt, like, so peaceful, like, all is right with the world feeling, because I've been wanting that and wanting, you know, wanting to know that he wanted to marry me as much as I wanted to marry him for a long time. My brain for the last three years has been going, well, I wonder if I do this, if he'll marry me, or I wonder if it's because I do that, that he's not wanting to marry me, or I wonder 
Like, is he going to ask me now? Or is he not going to ask me now? Or, you know, it was like always an undercurrent thought of mine. Like, I want to make sure that, you know, I look really cute on this date. And I want, you know, because I want to make sure that he still finds me attractive. You know, so everything felt really like high stakes. Yeah. And like as time went by, I felt like it was like I was putting more and more chips on the table. Just investing so much time. Her chips were on the table. She felt weird investing in a relationship that didn't seem to be leading where she wanted it to go. But I don't think her experience is abnormal at all. We all go into relationships with certain expectations that often are not met. And then we have to choose, stay or go. And then having that like fight with myself, like, do I even care? Like, what difference would it make anyway? Like, is it really going to make a difference? It's not going to change our daily lives. So what difference would it make anyway? Was a fight that I was trying to have with myself to like be okay and not be married. Vicky stayed because, as you can hear, she loves Patrick. And aside from this detail, they were happy. But for Vicky, this detail, getting engaged, was not a small one. Like, those are the feelings that you have when you're with someone and you love them and you know that you want to marry them, but then you don't know if they, you know that they love you, but you don't know if they want to marry you or if they ever want to get married. And I've never been married before, and so I don't know really what the difference is anyway. But I think it's something that I want. In fact, I'm sure it's something that I want. And I want to marry him, but I'm like waiting. And yeah, it, yeah. it was a whole thing. Vicky had so much buzzing around in her brain, questioning herself, what she says, what she does, questioning her own thought processes, motivations, life goals, everything. Should I wear this? Should I not wear that? Should I say that? Should I not say that? Should I bring that up? Should I not bring that up? Is that going to make me forever? You know what I mean? That whole thing that we try to do with people, please, instead of like being just straight up authentic weighing everything that I say for years and years against like well is that beneficial for our relationship and does that you know is that going to move us in the direction that I that's important what is important yeah getting engaged means that all those thoughts have quieted here's how Vicky would describe that change it's like when there's a buzzing noise or a humming noise that you don't really notice until it goes away. If you live next to a freeway and like, yeah, you, you just get, get used, used to, to that it. sound. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you sleep away from it, or even like living in the city and then going and sleeping in the mountains, right? Like the freeway in my head was removed. Right. And you're like, oh my God, so peaceful here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> The quieting of the buzzing hasn't only been a relief to Vicky. She's found that she can better connect with her partner now, too. And so I didn't see, I didn't know how relieved and how much more comfortable I would be and how I could see him so much more clearly for who he is. And, like, I feel like we have gotten even closer and, like, know each other even better because that wall is down. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can totally see that. It's like increased trust and it feels like we're on the same page and yeah, it feels good. 
they're doing counseling slash wedding planning with their pastor who will marry them. Knowing that, I asked Vicki if Patrick has been able to feel this change too. She said yes, that this feeling of being on the same page has come out in their counseling. But the buzzing wasn't in his mind as much as hers because the ball was in his court. I was the one waiting and like, looking and looking and praying, you know, that was me. Right. And he, he was just like going about his day. Right. He didn't so have the bus. Right. Like there was no freeway in his head. So this is Vicky's primary and most welcome surprise. She thought she would feel fabulous when she got engaged, but she didn't anticipate that when the buzzing in her head stopped, it would also open up space to see and understand Patrick better, that her walls being down would allow him to more closely know her. There's definitely a lot more walls down now, I right. would say, on his part and mine. Like, good. we've shared a lot in the last month and a half. We've had a lot of good talks, way more than before. So I definitely think that there's like, there's a change, a definite shift in our relationship, an openness. It's different, and I like it, and it's good. Her relationship has improved but her ability to plan a wedding has greatly decreased since we talked last episode. Yeah, I'd say overall, it's definitely like the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's what I've been using. That's the most used analogy I've been using lately. Okay, tell me more about the Lord of the Rings analogy. Well, I at first was like, I want my precious and like, I've been chosen, you know, like Frodo was chosen to carry the ring, you know? Um, what now? So I was fully chosen to carry the ring and I was elated and it felt amazing, right? And then the power, the responsibility, it starts to weigh on you. (laughs) Then it starts to take over your mind. And as it takes over your mind, it starts waking you up in the middle of the night. It makes it so that you can't sleep. It makes it so that you can't poop. You can't think of anything else. You can't work. Like, because I woke up one morning and my brain was in the middle of planning something that I don't even know what it was planning. But it was definitely plotting. Like, we have this many weeks. If I want to do this the week before, but I want to do it two times before that, how many weeks do I have to do it in between? And when should I start? Oh my God. I don't even know what the thing was <laughs> that I was planning, but I woke up in the middle of that thought. And that was when I knew that the ring had overcome me. <laughs> the ring took over her life. And all the wedding planning that should be fun and joyous became full of pressure and she sagged under the weight of responsibility. It's been an emotional roller coaster and I felt overwhelmed and it's been a struggle to do things because I'm afraid of messing up. I'm just getting nervous about the event and how the event is going to go off. Right. Luckily, she took this turn of events to her therapist. 
now I have my therapist called it bride brain, <laughs> like, because there's so much in my head. And I'm having a really hard time making basic decisions that normal Vicky would make really easily. So Vicky has a theory of this bride brain. It's not only the weight of the pressure of putting on a once-in-a-lifetime event. There's also a neurological component. And then add into that that my brain is flooded with hormones and emotions from this like new neural pathways that are being created in this new experience that I've never had before. Right. And then trying to problem solve in that state of mind that I am not comfortable in yet. Yeah. That makes complete sense that all of this would be overwhelming. And I didn't understand why. Because from the outside perspective, I've planned a million events. I've planned a million parties. I'm really good at all this stuff. Not one article that I have read anywhere on any of the wedding planning websites or Pinterest, and I've read a lot of them, none of them have mentioned this. So I think it goes back to that new experience that I now understand. And then from there, when you have a new experience, right, it affects you neurologically. And now it's like my brain chemistry and pathways have changed and I'm not problem solving the same way that I that I was before. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's, I've been thinking about this a lot. You, you have. I feel like we have a hypothesis. The but are of, you recording this? Because we might need to write it. Later. Yeah, I think we do, yes. <laughs> what is bride brain? Why do you get it? Just a high school science teacher's hypothesis. (laughs) Okay, I want to give you one example of how this bride brain is showing up in what was once easy planning decisions. Patrick and I were stuck for a week between two photographers. They both offered six hours of photography. One had a really pretty website and the other was very basic. One was like a a cute couple that looked like we'd be our friends. The other was like an older dude who's like a staple. The biggest difference between the two of them was that the older dude was $800 cheaper. Whoa. Why was it not? (laughs) And why was it not absolutely clear and apparent which one we should choose? Why did it take us like a week? All right, let's psychoanalyze that. It was the emotional component of like feeling more connected to the other photographer. Yeah. And also like once you're talking about a lot of money, yeah. like when you go to buy a car, right. and you're like, it's only $2,000 more for these floor mats. If you went to the store and someone said, do you want to buy these floor mats for $2,000? You'd say, absolutely not. You're crazy. But when you're talking about big amounts of money, like a car, $2,000 isn't that big of a difference. Totally. Totally. I completely know that feeling. 
I ended up mm-hmm. taking home an $1,000 ottoman because I was like buying a really expensive couch. So I was like, just toss in the ottoman. Like if I had just been right. buying the ottoman alone, I would have been like, of course, I'm not going to spend that much money on that. Right. But in the context of like already being like committed and mentally and emotionally ready to like drop a bunch of cash, it doesn't Uh seem as much. (laughs) Right. And so then it all becomes relative. Don't judge me about that damn Ottoman. With her brain and emotions all upside down, Vicky called in reinforcements. Or rather, she called her friend Erin, told her how she was feeling, and Erin drove down for Operation Organization, starting with the photographer. And then when Erin came and visited me and we went through this stuff, that was like one of the first decisions. She's like, well, how much does this one cost? How much does this one cost? She's like, why is that one $800 more? Right. And we were like, uh... That's a very good point. I'm going to call that guy right now and tell him we're done deciding and we're going to meet him next weekend. Like, why was I waiting, you know? Totally right. She and Aaron and Patrick knocked out a whole bunch of stalled decisions that weekend. Basically, Aaron and I like laid it all out in a timeline and everything. Oh, okay. And now talking about it, I'm starting to spin. Where's the project plan and the run of show? Well, and we didn't we didn't get a list started because I thought when Aaron was there, you guys were going to start a list of tasks and duties. Yeah, we did, but it ended up just being like that. I've hired professionals now to do everything, so nobody really needs to do anything. She has an on-site wedding coordinator who tells all the vendors what to do, so there's not a whole lot that friends will need to do the day of. Here's three little things. First, videography. Aaron's doing the videography, which is awesome. What does that and mean? Then it means that she's bringing her setup from church that she uses to uh, stream the services on Sundays. Okay. And she already made like a Zoom link and we're going to live stream that. Really? And record it. Yeah. Second, family photo wrangler. I read that somewhere, that if your photographer doesn't have an assistant, that you need to assign a close friend to, like, be the photographer's assistant so that while we're taking the picture of, like, Patrick's family, you could be letting my family know that they're they're on deck, you know? Third, anti-usher. When everyone's getting there, just to let everyone know, like, I saw a sign that said it, but I don't really want to buy a bunch of stupid signs. Um, but it's like, we don't have sides. Like, don't pick sides. We're both happier here, you know? So we don't want people to sit on one side or the other. So you're like the anti-usher, like telling people, sit anywhere. Please don't sit on the bride or groom side, you know? And this last one, Vicky is not stressed about at all, which is great. It is, however, an unknown variable that is giving me anxiety. The only other thing I put on the list was making sure that someone's watching the dogs. Where are the dogs? The dogs are in the wedding. There is a flower pup and the ring dog. And um, they'll just be in the reception. They're, uh, they're going to be running about in the reception. <laughs> yeah. In the cutest outfits you've ever seen in your life. 
Okay, so you need like a rotating cast of people to take care of your dogs. Yeah. Okay. And just, you know, take them outside. Make sure they have a bowl of water. You know. Hmm. Okay, we need what I'm now titling dog catchers. The last thing is sending out proper invitations. And this is one area where Vicky felt a specific kind of expectation and really had to fight against it to do what felt right. I really liked doing like the save the dates digitally. It's so satisfying for that like instant gratification and I hate all of the wedding invitations. I've spent longer looking at wedding invitations than I did for venues or anything else for this whole process. I, I hate the invitations. So I'm really leaning toward using that same company for the invites because wedding invitations end up in the garbage. It's a waste of like hundreds of dollars. My only concern is that like older people will think I'm tacky. That's my concern for doing evites. But I, mean, I just, I'm not a stationary paper person. Like I just don't like it. I don't know. She even asked her therapist for his advice. I asked him, but he's like insistent that he's not a boomer and that he's Gen X, so he doesn't care. <laughs> but I've been thinking about it that hard. Like, why do I care that much? But what are your thoughts? I really need to know before I decide on this. Okay, love you, bye. I told her she should let all those expectations go and align with her own values. She's a science teacher. Does she really want to create unnecessary waste? Yes, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm feeling. But I'm feeling societal pressure. Oh, you'll put it in a scrapbook. I don't own a scrapbook. Everything I do is digital. I'm going to get like a lot of reusable things that I can reuse around the house, like a chalkboard from Hobby Lobby, like things like that, that I'll put like in my office or whatever. Like, I don't want to buy anything that I like. They had like foam boards that you print on. No, no, I'm not wasteful like that. And I don't want to make a bunch of waste and just, yeah, I'm anti-waste. Like that's how I work. That's how I function. I like the immediate feedback of the Evites. I'm just gonna fucking do it. Like the paperless post is really nice. They have like the the save the dates were really pretty. I think that's more our, that's more Patrick and I. That's more our style. Thank you for talking this out with me. This is a final decision. Gavel down. Hopefully people can just understand that about me. So I think this wedding is good to go. Despite Vicky's bride brain, they've been able to get everything all planned. It's to the point where it's gonna go the way it's gonna go, you know? All that's left is a fun, memorable bachelorette party. Hear Vicky's final pre-wedding thoughts next episode. And when this episode is going live, Springville, California is recovering from flooding. And Aaron had these concerns about Vicky and the upcoming wedding weekend. Okay, hey, I just got a message from Patrick that Vicky's now sick. Patrick had that flu thing this week too. And now Vicky has it. Um, I think Vicky is like in that day of sickness where like she can't even move. It sounds like everything hurts. So 
fucking sucks, man. I really hope it's not COVID.